bad things continue to happen to me and to those that I love? Why is it that I feel like when I call out to God, he's not there? That he has abandoned me when I need him the most? Why is it that the the sting of death pierces so deeply? These are questions that all of us probably wrestle with, oftentimes on a daily basis. God, why? Why is it this way? And I think for a long time, we've accepted the fact that we will never get the answers to our why questions, that they're only going to be a mystery to us. But when we look to the cross on Good Friday, the questions turn from the unanswerable why to another question that we should ask. The question, who? Who has gone through the most horrific experience spiritually and emotionally and still survived three days later? Who is someone who faced the soul-crushing abandonment of God and endured it? Who is someone who took on death itself to remove the sting of death? It's Jesus. The cross answers the question of why with who. And we see this even as Jesus is on the cross, barely able to get out words as he's literally suffocating to death. He still says some important things that point to the who as the answer to the why. We see this in John 19, 28. It says Jesus knew that his mission was now finished. And to fulfill scripture, he said, I am thirsty. Of all the seven phrases Jesus utters, this one to me feels like an anomaly. What's the purpose? Well, the first purpose is that he is to fulfill prophecies about himself. There's over 300 in the Old Testament that Jesus fulfills, this being one of them. It's proof that Jesus is who he says he is. He is the promised Messiah coming not just to rescue the Israelites, but to rescue all of the world. But when he says he thirsts, what he's doing is identifying with us. He's expressing his humanity. He says, I thirst just like you thirst. I experience pain just like you experience pain. Though Jesus is fully God, he's fully man. And when he cries out, I am thirsty, he in essence saying, I understand. I know how you feel. I understand the pain. I am there with you. And so when we ask the question, why the pain, God? Why the suffering? We have the answer in the who. The who of Jesus who understands our humanity and can relate with us. So much so that Jesus asks the same question that you and I ask. Why? Why is this happening? For Jesus says this. Matthew 27, 46. At about three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lemma sabachthani, which means, my God, 
my God, why have you abandoned me? You know, this is almost lifelike of, of what the cross would have looked like. Even my son Micah leaned over and said, Dad, why the nails? And I said, well, that's what pierced Jesus' hands and his feet. A crown of thorns put on his head. All of this after he was beaten to death. So a lot of people, when we focus on the cross, they think the most horrific experience for Jesus was his physical pain. And it was excruciating. None of us in this room would ever want to die like that. But was what more excruciating than that was the tear between the Trinity. When Jesus called out, why have you forsaken me? He felt in that moment the relational and emotional and spiritual separation from the Father himself. But why? Why does he have to be separated from the Father? To experience the same separation that we have with the Father. He was forsaken. The Father turned his back on Jesus because at that moment he was bearing our sin, the same sin that separates us from God. You see, Jesus is separated from God because of our sin, our shame, our guilt, our past, our addictions, our weaknesses. And not only does Jesus take on those things, he goes head to head with Satan himself, the author of evil, the one who brought death into the world. He goes after him on the cross. God could not be with Jesus at that time. There was a separation. You know, when you and I cry out to God, why have you forsaken me? It's the right feeling to have, but it's wrong objectively. You see, Jesus is separated from the Father so that you and I will never have to be separated from the Father ever again. He was forsaken on our behalf. He, turned his, he had his back turned on him so we don't have to with the Father. We can be one with him. He did for us what we can never do for ourselves. How grateful are you for that today? He was abandoned for our behalf. But not only does the cross represent that, it represents something even more. He was abandoned to pay for our sin and shame and death once and for all. For we see in the next text in verse John 19, 30, when Jesus had tasted, he, he said, it is finished. And then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. In the Greco-Roman world, the Greek word tetelestai is what they would stamp on a receipt to say it has been paid in full. That phrase, tetelestai, is the same phrase that Jesus utters when he says, it is finished. 
that Jesus finishes all that's been promised in the Old Testament. Everything that is supposed to happen with the coming Messiah, he completes it all. It is finished. He has run the race. He has accomplished his purpose. But he also takes the stamp, that tetelestai stamp, that it is finished. It's been paid in full. And he stamps it on our lives. That our sin and our death and our guilt has been taken upon him. It is finished. It is paid in full. So we don't have to earn God's love. It's been earned on our behalf because of Jesus. We don't have to tip the scales in our favor to earn something from God because our favor has been earned in Christ. We don't have to walk around insecure asking the question, how do I know I will be in heaven someday because of all that I've done? Jesus stamps us and said it has been paid in full. It is finished for good. That is what happens on the cross. But if you're like me, and you walk around and you still sometimes act like you don't really believe, or you live in disregard of what he has done for you, you can start to ask yourself, okay, I know it's been paid in full, but I probably still need to do something. I still need to be good. What if I'm not uh, putting my faith in Jesus like I should? And then you start to doubt. All of those doubts are erased in one of the greatest scenes in all of history that happens to be in Scripture. Earlier in the scene of the cross, Jesus is hanging Not by himself, but between two criminals, both of whom are mocking him and disregarding him and treating him poorly. And then one of the mockers, for whatever reason, is examining Jesus and how he is living and what he is saying and how he's responding to what has happened. And all of a sudden, he has a change of heart. He puts his faith in the coming Messiah. He puts his faith in Jesus and he does so by asking Jesus the question, Will I, can I be with you when you come in your kingdom? In essence, he's saying, when you die, I want to go where you're going. And what Jesus says is so surprising and yet so comforting. For Jesus says in Luke 23, 43, I assure you today, you will be with me in paradise. Why is this surprising? This man hanging next to Jesus deserved it. Jesus didn't. This man deserved it. He did something that was liable to death itself on a cross. This man is a bad person. And moments before both of these men were going to breathe their last breath, he turns to Christ and says, I want to be with you. He professes faith in Christ at the last second. Jesus says, because you've put your faith in me, you will be with me in paradise. Surprising? Yes. Reassuring? Yes. It doesn't matter what your life looks like, nor does it matter when you ask Jesus to come into your life as long as you put your faith in him. Because when you recognize him in Lord and Savior, he will recognize you when he comes into his kingdom. This is why that we, have, we think we have all these 
questions, these why questions that aren't answered, but in the cross, they're answered. Why is there so much pain and suffering in the world? I don't know. But what I do know is there's a who, and it's Jesus who took it on himself. Why was Jesus abandoned? So you and I never have to be. It's found in the who of Jesus. And though death separates us from our loved ones, though all of us will die someday, why do we not have to be afraid? Because Jesus took on death itself and beat it. All of our why questions can be summarized in the question of who, and that who is Jesus. Let's worship him.